Hey, veterans. Welcome to the VA Claims Insider Podcast. We are veterans helping veterans get the VA disability rating and compensation you deserve. I'm your host, Air Force Service Disabled Veteran Brian Reese, and each week we share VA disability claim tips, tricks, strategies, and lessons learned to help you win, service connect, and get rated at the appropriate level, even if you've already filed or been denied. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode. Hey, good afternoon, Zach. Hey, how's it going? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing all right. Welcome, everyone, for those of y'all who are tuning in. Appreciate you being here. Welcome, insiders. Hey, can we get a, we'd like to give some shout outs uh, where everybody's from, you know, when you served. Let's see those comments. Uh, yeah, in, in the comments, if you would uh, put your years of service, your uh, your branch of service, and your MOS as well. That's great. So today's going to be a fun topic. Uh, we'll try to keep it light. You know, um, this is probably the most important day in your claim uh, claim status. Um, so we want to get some some good information to you guys. Hey, Arnold from Kentucky, welcome. All right. Yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a good one, as as Eddie said. Um, the CMP exam is the most important uh, day in the process, so uh, very important that we talk about how to open up for that exam. So it's gonna be good. Uh, Robert, I see you, sir. Thank you very much. Uh, you were in the Navy, eighty-eight to ninety-six. Appreciate your service, sir. Walter. Yorktown, Virginia, Army, 1970 to 94. Thank you for your service. I see Rex is out of Massachusetts. Thank you for joining us. Sean Daniels, Texas, 27 years, Navy Aviation, Mechanics Air Crew. Welcome. Great. Ricky Dowdy, I see you, sir. Seeing the classes every morning. USMC, Semper Fidelis. Welcome, Ricky. Glad you're here. Right. We got Monica, 92 to 2001 from Massachusetts. Welcome. Sean, Arnold Owen. Yep. Yeah, Arnold Owen, Scout. Awesome. Welcome. Wow, Mr. Arthur Hunt, 79 to 2008. Wow. Very cool. Welcome, sir. That's right. Army beat Navy. Eduardo Hernandez. Navy beat Army. Got to go the other way on that one. (laughs) We'll uh, we'll introduce ourselves after this, and you'll see why that is. Hey, That's Mr. Great. Brian Reese is on, 2003-2012. Welcome, sir. Good to see you in here, Brian. Rex, there you go. Go Navy. 
I knew it was coming. All right. Teresa, looks like U.S. Navy Hospital Corpsman, three years, 69 to 71. Awesome. Welcome. I see Rosalia. She's she's in the uh, the morning classes as well. Great to see you, Sergeant Major. Yeah, welcome, Sergeant Major. <laughs> nice, Brian. Sink Navy. Love it. <laughs> Yeah, we'll we'll see what the Space Force is all about soon. Robert Lewis, Robert 77 Lewis. and 90, 92. Welcome. Wow, that's great. Hey, Jason, congratulations. 100% PNT. That's great. That's awesome. Congratulations to you, sir. Congrats. Fernando, U.S. Army, five years. Welcome, sir. Yeah, we got a lot of vets in here with a lot of years of service. A lot. That's wonderful. Again, appreciate you guys joining us today. Yeah. And uh, welcome, everybody. Keep uh, keep writing in where you're at, what you served, and... and uh, We'll get started here. Um, I'll do a quick introduction on myself. Um, so my name is Eddie, Coach Eddie Chavaria, Chief Chavs for short. Um, uh, I spent six years in the Army active as a enlisted, uh, did a MP as my MOS, got deployed in 04, uh, came back, and uh, I decided I wanted to do something else. Um, got out of active duty. Went into the National Guard here in Texas, and uh, um, I applied to, to go to flight school. Um, was lucky enough to be picked and, um, you know, was able to go to flight school, became a warrant officer. Um, that took about two years of my life in, in, in the training. Uh, got a couple of aircraft under my belt. The most notable for me was the Apache Alpha and Delta model. Uh, was... Uh, after that was uh, separated medically uh, due to some issues that at this point, now that I know what I know now, I could have done a lot better with my claim. Um, however, um, I, I did become a, a client of VACI before I started working here. And I tell you what, um, it's the best decision I ever made. Um, the education and resources that you get here are, uh, are just the, the greatest in, in, in order to get you on the right track. So Zach? Uh, yeah, um, I'm, I'm Zach. I, I enlisted in the Marines in 2006, uh, went active duty in 2008 to 2012. And then I had a pretty good break in service where I was doing some overseas contracting and stuff like that. And then I recently got back into the reserves uh, last year in 2020. Um, Back in January, I was I was given a great opportunity to be a part of this company, and um, I've been loving it ever since. So, definitely appreciate you know the chance to be here. And um, after I I became a veteran coach, I decided that I needed to get on my own stuff and become a client as well. So, I was I was able to you know work through a lot of things and and win my claim. So. I'm very happy to be here. Very happy that you all are here as well. 
Yeah, yeah, very much so. And um, so what's our topic today, um, Zach? We're going to be talking about, you know, how to be vulnerable and uh, why we need to do that um, is because, I mean, if you leave everything inside of you that you don't say, um, they won't write it down and you won't get compensated. It's that easy, right? Now, yep. easier said than done, right? Um, and and the, the first kind of tip, and I'm stealing these tips, uh, some of them from our, our Yoda, Brian Reese, and some of the resources we have online. Um, you know, it's to be open, honest, and, and truthful, right? Um, you're going to want to be truthful to yourself and be truthful to the examiner that you're going in uh, to this examination with, because uh, like I said before, if you don't, if you don't tell them something, they're not going to know. It's that yeah. simple. You know, um, a big part of it too is um, knowing your records. Um, so if, uh, if you know what's in your records, you know what to speak on. Uh, you know yourself more than anybody else. Um, and that could be medical or uh, military records. That could be VA records. Um, that could even be private um, records from your uh, current, um, you know, private physicians. Um, so if you know that, um, it gives you a lot of ammo to go into a uh, a uh, exam or a CMP and uh, and be open and honest. Um, Another great resource that, you know, I didn't even know about Zach until I got here, um, the 38 CFR. Um, I don't know if you, you were familiar with that before this whole process. Um, but oh, I know absolutely not. Yeah. I didn't yeah, even know. When, when we started getting our, our training, you know, um, the, the trainer kept bringing up 38 CFR, 38 CFR. And I'm, I'm like, what, what is this? What is that? Um, but the 38 CFR is a good tool. You know, it's very accessible. A simple Google search, you can find it. And it essentially goes into what the VA is looking for for each disability that you can file for at, at each percentage tier. So a very good, useful tool for you to use. Yep. Yep. Um, I, I am very uh, familiar with it not only for vets that I help, but also for myself as I'm still going through the, uh, the process, you know, um, it, it's a very handy tool. Um, it, it takes a little bit to get used to looking through it, but once you do, you know, you kind of know what you're looking for and how to, how to guide your story, um, to what they're looking for as far as ratings and what you deserve. Um, and then, you know, one of the biggest, uh, um, tips that we give is do not have your best day. Um, it doesn't mean that you go in there and you lie. It just means that you're going in there and you're telling them what your worst day is and that it probably will happen again um, because they need to know that as far as uh, what they're going to be rating you on. Okay. And then lastly, and what this is all about, be uncomfortably vulnerable. So, like I said, I stole some notes and I did some research and I did some soul searching on my end uh, to see what, why we have to be uncomfortably vulnerable, what it is, and maybe some of the, uh, the how-tos um, and tips on maybe how to uh, practice on, on being that way. Because all of us being in the military, um, that's just something that we didn't do. 
you know, uh, we didn't go in uh, to the shop or we didn't go into to our platoon sergeant or what have you and say, hey, you know, today's just not a good day, you know, or I got to go to sick call. Um, we just sucked it all up in the military and you got the mission done. Um, now it's your turn. The mission is you. The mission is taking care of you and taking care of your family. Um, and this is how you do it. And this is why you do it. So the first reason, um, truth will set you free. Um, you know, uh, free yourself of the burdens. Um, you've probably kept these issues in for a long time. Uh, this might be the first time you ever spoke about any of this. Um, and just to kind of give you guys uh, a little bit of my uncomfortable truth, um, when I started this process uh, years ago, I think 2014 on my own, um, I had no idea, no idea what this meant. I just went in there, uh, did the statement, said my stressor event, and that I'm just not doing well. Right. I didn't know how to explain all that. Um, so the resources we offer are very helpful in doing doing so. Um, the second tip or reason is uh, you can learn a lot about yourself. Um, you may not know some of these things about yourself or behavior, um, but you the only way you can tell it is if you tell it to yourself and to the board certified uh, physicians that uh, that you meet with the good, bad and the ugly. Okay. And then the third reason why is uh, it all comes down to your current level of occupational and social impairment. Okay. So this is due to the severity of your symptoms, the 31 uh, mental health symptoms that we refer to um, in, in our process. Uh, the more open, honest and uncomfortably vulnerable you are during the evaluation, the more accurate your reading, your rating will be. It's that simple. Like I said, you say it, it's there, black or white. What are your thoughts, Coach Zach? Yeah, that's great. Uh, certainly appreciate your point about, you know, like what we're taught when we're active duty. You know, I was um, I was a Marine, but not only that, I was I was a Marine officer. So going to sit call, saying to my you know my battery commander, hey sir. I know we're supposed to go to the field, but I, I just can't do it right now. It, it just wasn't in the cards. Um, and, and it's something that whether you're in for four years or 30 years, it's just something that's ingrained in part of you. And, and it could be hard to open up about that stuff. But as, as you said, the doctor won't know what you don't tell them. So uh, very important to find a way to open up about that and something that i've 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 spoken with my with my veterans on is um if you have a spouse if you have someone who's close to you uh sit down with them and say hey what do you think has been going on with me uh because as as i'm sure a lot of people on the call know you know if, if we try to downplay things which is what we're kind of used to do um the spouse will be real quick to call crap on that. It's like, oh, no, this is what you go through. Nice try. So for sure. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's funny you say that, Zach. Um, I didn't realize what I was putting my wife and my family through until they wrote, she wrote a statement um, in support for me. I read through that. And the first thing I said was, I'm sorry. You know, uh, you just don't know that about yourself. Um, it, it sometimes takes somebody else to, 
to give you that that kick in the butt or that truth truth bomb um, to let you know what what you're actually going through. So good point on that. Yeah, absolutely. Because you know a lot of my veterans think that what they go through is just it's just normal. Just yeah, I was I was in the military and this is just what happens. Uh, but if, if if you take your experience and juxtapose it with you know John Jay on the street, on the street. it's not normal. Yep. I hear a lot of veterans say that, you know, that's just my normal. I didn't realize it was something that uh, um, was unusual, you know, and until they stay, take a step back and look at it or have somebody else point that out. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, next, uh, I want to I want to kind of talk about the what uncomfortably vulnerable is, uh, because it's kind of a hard uh, theory. Right. So uncomfortably vulnerable, um, you know. Details about your work, work and life, and how uh, the mental health conditions are limiting or affecting you negative in negative ways. So, if it's uncomfortable, awkward for you to say, then you're on the right track. Okay, um, that's just what it is. I mean, um, it's probably something that you never have talked about, like we said before, or don't want to talk about. Um, but once you say it, you have that realization, like, wow. Okay, I just said that it's the truth, you know. Um, and and the other thing I want to say about that is there's no judgment. Um, you're dealing with professionals that deal with this type of situation all the time, so don't think that you are being judged. You're being evaluated. Okay. Um, another another what is uh, so explaining your your severe depression, anxiety, perhaps uh, too depressed to get out of bed in the morning. Uh, or you called into work many times, or your anger is so severe that you start throwing things across the room, punching holes in the wall, you know, yelling, screaming, all that stuff, right? Um, that's something that's very uncomfortable to admit. Um, but if it's something that is your truth, it has to be said. Because if it's not said, again, it's not written down, and it's not going to go towards your uh, disability. Um, <clears throat> and then I have one more of the what. So telling uncomfortable truths, um, sexual dysfunction due to mental health, um, panic attacks, nightmares, severe insomnia. I'm sure this rings truth to a lot of us on this. Um, you know, OCD behaviors, uh, driving people off the road, ready to fight, you know, road rage, all these things, right? These are what uncomfortably vulnerable looks like as far as telling your story. Um, do you have anything to add to that, Zach? Any kind of uh, experiences or um, other examples that you may think of? Well, I, I mean, I can only really use myself. I'm, I'm, I'm a veteran of, of OEF, Operation Enduring Freedom. And, 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 you know, there were some things that happened over there that I still carry even to this day, and um, I knew what we just spoke about, about if I didn't speak on what I was going through, then my rating wouldn't reflect accurately. So um, I made notes and, and, and I just had the mindset in, in terms of opening up with the doctor that I'm not gonna see this person ever again, probably. So there was nothing holding me back from dropping the hammer and just sharing all. You know, 
And what I was able to share with this doctor is things that I haven't shared with my kids, with my wife. And um, I, I think that personally, I did a good job with it and I was able to get it a, a fair rating, I think. Right. Yeah, I mean, we all we all go through that, right? And, and like we said before, I mean, um, we just got to look inside of ourselves. Everybody's got their own story and all those stories are valid, all of them. Um, and here at VACI, you know, VA Claims Insider, um, we like to believe we have a, a community of brothers and sisters um, and we got your back. So we understand that this is hard, uh, but it needs to be uh, something that we all face and, and uh, get it done, you know, so we can get what we deserve. Um, so I want to jump to uh, the, the big portion of this, which is the how to's and how you're going to feel um, after uh, being uncomfortably vulnerable. Um, so there's a couple of, uh, of personal tips that I have and also doing some research on how to try to open up, right? Um, so you're going to have to open up and, and get the, all the feelings off your chest, right? Don't let, don't let any, uh, don't leave any bones in the closet as they say, right? Um, and, and you're not going to be judged, right? So just let it out. That's that simple, right? Um, another great way to practice this, uh, which I've heard a lot of uh, veterans that I've worked with uh, do is uh, practice in front of a mirror. Um, what you're doing is you're just talking to yourself, right? And you're giving yourself your story and, and you're getting it down so that when you go to that exam, um, you know what you have to say and you don't have anything left for when you leave that CMP and say, man, I should have said this or I should have said that, right? Um, you, you let it all out. And then um, another tip that I found uh, one, uh, one of the veterans recommend that worked for him was uh, trying to tell a story like it's somebody else's, uh, kind of detaching yourself, but also being there, right? So you're telling it as if you're telling a story of somebody else and it made it, it made it easier for him him to get that story out. Um, I don't know if you have any other tips or if you uh, have had any experience with uh, trying to get vulnerable. Oh yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. it. it you know, it's just, uh, it's just it's trying just to find an easy way for you to, you know, get it out. So if, if, if you have to kind of in your mind, remove yourself from the story and, and, and tell the story like it's someone else's story, then, you know, you know, then that's what you should do, you know, because uh, social occupational impairment are, are the words of the day here. So you tell your story and, and you also, you also talk about how you're impacted every day in life. Right. So um, a great example for this one, and, and it's one of my own is, is suspiciousness, right? Suspiciousness is one of the uh, 31 symptoms of mental health. And any any uh, veteran of OEF will be able to attest to this, that, you know, green on blue attacks over there was 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 a big concern, you know? So so how did that translate into my, my personal life? You know, very hard to trust people, very hard to want to be around people, 
you know, that is a part of my social and occupational impairment that um, is, is, is something that still bothers me. And it was something that I was able to relate in my, uh, in my CMP. Yeah. Um, we don't realize some of these things, right. Until, like I said, we kind of look in deep and, um, you know, I didn't know I was suspicious either <clears throat> until, um, you know, I was a couple jobs in, didn't realize why I didn't trust anybody. Um, didn't realize why I wasn't getting promoted. Um, it wasn't because of lack of motivation or, you know, me not doing the job. It was just not not being able to uh, uh, relate to people um, that weren't in my same type of uh, mentality. Um, and it made it very hard. And, and I believe that was part of my suspiciousness was I just didn't trust them um, because they didn't know what I've been through. And, and now I got this, you know, a guy telling me what to do. And, you know, in my head, I'm like, well, why are you telling me what to do? Right. Um, and, and it's just, it's a, it's a never ending cycle. You just have to realize that, right. You just have to cope with it, um, and, and let it out. Um, so, yeah, I mean, a couple of things also that, uh, that you might feel that you will, will let you know that you're on the right track is vulnerability will cause some feelings. So if you're in that exam and you start feeling embarrassed or helpless or anxious, uh, you know, that might be something that, that makes you probably think you're on the right track on what you're telling the, the examiner um, because those feelings are normal when you're trying to be vulnerable. Um, you know, if you're telling them about your, for example, sexual dysfunction, that's not an easy subject to talk to anybody about. It's not easy to admit about admit. Um, so it's going to cause some some type of feeling. Um, but that's why you're there. You know, that's the one and only time probably that you should be doing that, you know. Um, and then uh, realize that you're going to make the choice uh, to put yourself in this situation, which will put you um, in a situation will give you uh, these feelings. Right. Um, so it's OK. You know, if you're feeling this, you're on the right track uh, and you're letting everything out. OK. Um, and then no afterwards, um, because this is a very stressful and anxiety ridden type of uh, situation. Um, let yourself come down from it, right? You're going to you're gonna still be on those emotions. Um, I heard uh, our coworker, Dr. John, one time recommend, give yourself a day before and a day after so that you can kind of decompress, um, let yourself relax, take time for yourself, right? Um, and, and I've taken that to heart, um, especially, you know, recently. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I know, I know after mine, it was so, you know, emotionally draining that I like for the rest of the day, I was pretty much checked out. Um, and, and, and I had to take the day because otherwise I, I, I wouldn't be able to do anything otherwise. Um, so always a good idea. I think that if, if you're going to any CMP exam where you're forced to open up and, and share some of the things that you wouldn't share otherwise, um, you know, you want to take some time for yourself and kind of get back to your center. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, it, it, it's a, it's a very 
traumatic experience of revisiting traumatic experiences from your past, right? And now you have to relate them to your truth. And um, that's going to take a toll on anybody. Um, but if I can say anything is, like I said, if you're feeling this, you're on the right track. Uh, because it's all about getting your truth out there. Um, not letting anybody take charge of it. You're in charge of it. You take it from the horns and you, you just go with it. Right. And, um, you'll be successful. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah Zach, if you want to kind of explain some of the, uh, limitations at work and, Oh yeah, for sure. So, you know, um, a lot of your limitations that happen at home, they, they also have the potential to you know happen in the workplace, you know? And so like, like we could take insomnia, right? I know some of the veterans in the chat box uh, said that they deal with insomnia. So if you have insomnia, you know, you're not, you know, sleeping all that well, you're not getting the rest you need. So what does that mean in the morning? It may mean that you're groggy, you're tired, and, and and you're irritable, right? So when you talk about that with the CMP examiner, like how is that affecting things at work? You know, are 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 you irritable at work? So therefore you are snapping and and getting into arguments with your coworkers, even your boss, right? Um, were there chances for you? In, in terms of advancement in the workplace, but you feel like you were held back because you snapped at your boss one time, you know, like, like that's the kind of thing that you want to relay to the CMP examiner, social occupational impairment. And I think, I think that is, is very key, you know, and as you go into it, you know, you want to know your story backwards frontwards like the back of your hand right so there's you know there has to be some study time there for you you know you want to take your notes um you want to refine them as you go along as as your cmp date approaches and you know you want to be able to recall your symptoms and your social and occupational impairment um very easily and again perfectly acceptable for you to bring your notes into the cmp exam you know, just make sure they're refined. That way you don't leave anything unsaid, right? Um, because I'm, I'm sure this happened to a lot of you. Have you ever had like a job interview or, you know, you knew you were about to get into in, an intense argument with, with a friend or a loved one. So you go into it saying, okay, this is what I'm going to say. This is how I'm going to say it. But then the time comes and you forget. And then afterwards you're kicking yourself like, I, I should have said that. This is where the notes will help you guarantee that you are more open and vulnerable for uh, uh, for the CMP exam. Yep. So yeah, right, uh, so I, I was just gonna add a little bit on that. You know, it's just, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of people don't know about being able to take notes in. Um, and like I said, one of the tips, you know, uh, like you're telling a story. If, if that works for you, uh, writing it down and then it, it, and then bringing it in and making sure everything is is uh, said from that story, then go for it. You know, make it what works for you as far as uh, telling your truth. Absolutely, absolutely. So when you meet with the CMP examiner, you, you know, 
and and you tell your story and you have your story planned out think of your story in three separate phases right you have uh, before the military during the military and then after right so when you go into before the military you know what were you like as 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 a teenager you know were you were you the star quarterback of the team were you you know the head of the yearbook committee you know like what were you like as as a young man or a young woman and then you transition into into the military what did you go through you know what did you see what were you a part of and then go into how those experiences affected you post-military? What have you taken with you? What has never left you? Um, yeah, I, I think that's a good way to think about it. It's, it's certainly how I did it uh, because it, when you do something like that, you're able to show a contrast from what you used to be to what you are now. And, and, and right smack dab in the middle of there is, is your military service. Yeah, that's that's great, Zach. I mean, I uh, I'm gonna steal that from you because it, it makes a lot of sense um, if you do it in that in that way. Um, uh, you know, one of the things that uh, that I didn't realize was uh, that the military did did leave a lot on me that affects me now today. Um, and I also wanted to add um, when you explain your military and any type of stressors, they don't uh, have to be combat related. Uh, there can be other issues that happen um, during your military service that can uh, affect your mental health. So I just wanted to clarify that so that if anybody has that question, um, they know that. Right. And, right. and um, another piece of advice is, is as, as you go into this thing with the CMP examiner, you got to remember that they're not your friend, you know, but with that said, they're not your enemy either. You know, um, when you go into it, you know, you want to be polite, be professional, but you got to remember that you are there to do a job and the examiner is there to do a job as well. It's, it's, it's essentially a business meeting. All right. So, so you go in there, you do what you got to do. You say what you got to say. And then, and then, you know, you let the, uh, the chips fall where they may. And and again, I, I, I know I mentioned this earlier, but remember that when it comes to opening up, I know it could be hard. It, it's, it's certainly hard for me still. But just remember that when you go into the CMP exam, you're meeting with one person and this one person, chances are you're not going to see them ever again. So if, if you have certain items that you are embarrassed to speak on, don't worry about it because you're not going to see this person again. So just let it fly, let it loose and ensure you tell your entire story. Yeah. Very, very important that uh, we realize that we're in that setting, right? Um, even though they are professionals and they're counselors, we're not there to be counseled um, and they are not our friend. They are there to evaluate us. Um, so that's the bottom line, right? Um, Tell your story, tell your truth, uh, do those uncomfortably vulnerable types of uh, exercises to get it all out there. And at the end of the day, um, you know, get what you deserve uh, out of this evaluation. Absolutely. So uh, I think uh, we're ready to 
to hop on some questions. If anybody has any questions, we'll look through the chat. All right, we have Rob Lewis. Can can a spouse attend the exam? So uh, short of short answer is uh, they may. Um, you will have to uh, ask for uh, you know permission from the examiner, and they they may allow, they may not. Um, and there's a caveat to this, um, and I'm glad you asked this. Um, if you do have a spouse uh, in the session with you. Um, realize that you're still going to have to be uncomfortably vulnerable and let it all out there. So if you think you can't say everything in front of your spouse, um, I would recommend maybe uh, thinking twice about that because it may make you uh, more guarded uh, with your spouse there. Um, so it could be a good thing and it could be a bad thing um, depending on the situation. Um, but if you have a coach, definitely get with them and, uh, you know, talk it over with them. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, and, and it's something that we cover in our CMP uh, prep classes that we also offer. Um, you can ask the examiner if your spouse or if they can go into the meeting with you. Um, but because of current events, because of COVID, uh, don't be surprised if the examiner says no for that reason. So that's a great point. Appreciate you helping uh, asking that. Let's see, Charles, how long does it take to get a CMP exam these days? I know I realize how anxious I am. Yeah, it 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 kind of depends, Charles. Um, I've I've had veterans. You know, submit their claim on a Monday, and then on a Friday they get a call to schedule their CMP exam. It just kind of depends on on the VA and and sort of availability in your area. Um, I know for me personally, I I submitted uh, the claim that I did uh, right before this year's Super Bowl, and I didn't get a call for a CMP exam until about three weeks later. And then because of availability, it turns out that overall I had to wait. Um, about a month and a half for my CMP exam. So it, it, it just kind of, you know, depends and varies. It does. Um, I do want to add one, one note on my experience. So uh, I waited about two weeks and didn't hear anything. Um, so I went ahead and called the, the VA help desk at the 1-800-827-1000. And uh, just wanted to ask them on the, the status of my claim. Um, they told me that uh, they were uh, who was going to be doing my CMP and actually gave me their number so that I can go ahead and, and schedule with them. So it doesn't hurt to stay on top of the VA um, and, and take charge of your claim um, on that aspect. Dave asked, how can we view these CMP prep classes? So if, if you are a member of our elite uh, program, uh, then you can get with your coach and then uh, they'll be able to send you our company calendar and, and you can see the um, uh, all the classes we offer when we offer them. They're all Zoom-like settings. So when you have access with the, uh, with the calendar, just click on the specific class that you want 
and then and then sign up via Zoom that way. Uh, for CMP prep classes, as of right now, we offer them three times a week because they're just that important. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Monday, Friday at 12 noon Central, and Wednesday, 7 p.m. Central. Great classes. Uh, you'll see that the slide decks will, by and large, be the same. But each each coach or instructor will will add in their own unique perspective and experience. So um, a lot of good nuggets of information being dropped there. So I I would encourage you guys to attend as many as you can. Yeah, and I also wanted to add that uh, if you are a member um, on the Elite Experience Portal, there's an, uh, a way to get a hold of that calendar. Um, and also uh, did want to add. Uh, Every Monday, now we have Mental Health Monday um, on that calendar. Very, very helpful class. Uh, kind of uh, puts the, the mental health aspect of uh, how to do things uh, in perspective. And, um, you know, like, like Zach said, uh, the slides are a little bit somewhat the same every time, but the Q&A, um, we always get little nuggets of information that are very helpful for everybody. Um, when we interact with uh, other vets in the process. Absolutely. Uh, Jason Wood, can you access the CMP notes on the Healthy Vet website? So Jason, um, if you had a CMP uh, provided by the VA itself, that should be available, I believe within 30 days. However, if they contracted out to one of the three um, companies, um, then that would be something that you can get a hold hold of with uh, the FOIA request, or you can also go to your your VSO if you're working with one, and uh, ask them if they can get a a copy of that for you. Hope that answered your question. Okay. Uh, what advice can you give for someone awaiting a CMP exam for PTSD? Yeah. Yeah. Again, you know, um, take notes. You want to take notes. You want to continually refine them as you go along. And then when the time comes, bring those notes with you. All right. So remember social occupational impairment are, are the words of the day when it comes to your notes. Very important. Yeah, um, you wanna you wanna have that the VA, the the evaluator, the rater understand why you are, you know, applying for compensation because it's affecting you uh, occupationally and socially. Um, that's that's the main thing they're looking for, right? So Zach is is right on it with that. So Tommy Nelson, what does we closed the notice of request mean? Um, so I'm assuming you're looking on va.gov and or e-benefits. Um, usually they have different steps. I don't know exactly what that step is, but usually that means that they uh, have closed that step and are moving to the next step, um, or they may have closed the claim itself in some fashion. Um, either way, if you have questions, I would call the VA um, at that 1-800-827-1000.
and ask for uh, an update on that and clarification um, because they would be the ones to, to really um, either let you know what the status is or if they need anything from you or somebody else. So Kevin Sanders, which VACA, VACI team are you two with and for what classes offered? Hey, Kevin, um, we're, we're both on, on uh, different teams, but we all work together. Um, so what you'll see here at VACI is we have uh, uh, one team, one goal. You know, um, for instance, uh, I may have a question and go to Zach. Um, and ask his perspective. Um, I may go to another coach and ask for their perspective and, and vice versa. Um, we all work together because um, our main goal is to get, um, you know, success for every veteran that we, we work with. Um, as far as classes we do, it's kind of a, uh, a round robin. We kind of pick different classes to, uh, to host um, each month. Um, so you'll see us on there periodically with different coaches um, and like I said, the classes themselves, we try to teach, uh, the fundamentals in the slideshow in the beginning. And then the Q and A is where the real, real success comes in. Right. Cause we have, um, coaches and veterans that are going through the process that, uh, can give real life type of, uh, detail and, and get those nuggets of information, um, from, from their experience. Yeah. That's what's so great about the about the classes is, you know, a, a, a lot of it is open forum, um, even from, you know, the coffee with the coaches every morning to, you know, CMP prep classes, there's always a QA and a uh, session there. And, um, you know, you're in a room with people who walked in your shoes or are currently walking the same path as you. So, you know, great chance for you to interact with others, you know, bounce some ideas off each other. And, and um, it's, it's a good experience for, for you to be a part of highly recommended. Yeah. And, and I like to add that uh, we like to say it's a safe space. I mean, nobody judges. Um, we're all veterans or uh, have a tie with the veteran as far as like being a spouse or, uh, significant other. So we all understand um, the situation that you're going through in some fashion. Uh, Lee, certain, can you get rated for hypertension? Um, I have seen that, Lee. Um, I would know the specifics off the top of my head, um, but like we said in the beginning, if you want to Google the 38 CFR part four, um, it can give you some information on hypertension and uh, maybe secondary to something else. If you do have a coach, I recommend you uh, you book a session with them and, uh, you know, kind of talk through it with them and see if uh, that's a, the, you know, the highest value route you want to go for um, and if there's anything else that you may qualify for. You got this one, Zach? Uh, yeah. Um, does using your doctors to write our Nexus letters, since it seems my doctors aren't too up on it or uh, willing to write them, sway the CMP examiner either way? Um, 
uh, our doctors are are part of an independent company um, and and they're all uh, independent medical providers uh, so if 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 you sign up for uh, the Nexus letter um, what you'll do is is you'll put all of your medical evidence into your Google Drive and then the doctors will will comb through all that and then they'll let you know if, if they're able to write one and uh, um, we I, I personally have had great success with with the Nexus letters that um, uh, that come out of it with with my veterans. So uh, if, if you have access with that, I, I would I would say use it because as as, as you said in, in the question, you know, some doctors, a lot of doctors, they may not know how to write it. They may not know the verbiage they have to use or they may just not want to do it at all. So, you know, this is a part of what the doctors at Telemedica do. What do you think, Eddie? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, you know, great success. Uh, they do their research and they put a lot of uh, a lot of thought and uh, education behind it um, when they're when they're doing that. Uh, um, so they have to take that medical evidence and um, you know look through it and make sure that they are able to to write a, a nexus for it. And and you know once that's done. Um, it's, it's usually great success. And if a lot of people don't know what Nexus is, it's that connection, right? That connection of a disability that you are diagnosed with um, to service. So Terry, is there a point of too much evidence like beyond an ER report and a spouse statement and a current currently going to psych meetings. So Terry, um, in my opinion and experience, less is more. However, um, if you do have a lot of relevant medical evidence, um, I wouldn't discount that. Um, just realize that when you do submit, there are humans behind that, that may or may not look at all the evidence. Um, so that's just something to, to realize. And if you give them too much to look at, it may delay, um, a decision, especially if it's not relevant, um, or if it's redundant, um, probably not necessary, but on something like that, if you do have a coach, I would, uh, I would get with them and, and see, you know, uh, what their thought process is on it also. Zach, you got anything on that one? Yeah, the point of less is more is, is definitely a good one because, you know, as, as you said, there's a human on, on the other side of it. And if you bombard them with, with a thousand sheets of, of evidence, then then chances are they're not going to read through it because, you know, yours isn't the only case they have to handle. Um, so ensure that, you know, the evidence is, is, is relevant for the claim and, and um, yeah, I think, I don't know, it's kind of hard to say, um, but I, I think, I think less is, less is more is, is, is a good rule of thumb. Yeah, you can always uh, um, use that evidence uh, later on if needed is also the yeah. case. Yeah. 
see yes, what you recommend. Yeah. Always seek help. Um, we always recommend that you seek help. Um, go to the counselor. Um, you know, that's that's what you're you're needing. So definitely we want you to get get help. Um, and then that will also help in your um you know your claim process because it shows <clears throat> you know relevant medical evidence that you're seeking help and um that's that's really good evidence and and by the way you're getting help which is great yeah that's something yeah. that i do now uh omar is um i i have a counselor with 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 my local vet center here in austin and i i meet with him once a month and then uh, when i filed my claim for ptsd that was something that the va was able to look at and access um and and so as eddie said they were able to see that i am currently and still seeking help you got this one zach it's getting blurry on me um, my CMP examiner didn't ask me about my military experience, just my so current social and occupational impairment, and she wouldn't let me answer or explain myself. Is that normal? It lasted about 20 minutes. Um, I will say that that happened to me, and my claim was was overall successful because when you submit your claim and you get a CMP exam, the provider who handles that will have access to your document. So chances are that person read over it and established a baseline for what you went through. Um, let me see, she want me answer or explain myself. Uh, but on the part where she wouldn't let you answer or explain yourself, um, I would definitely call the VA hotline and let them know how you feel about it. And then I would also call the contracting company that sourced her, whether it's LHI, uh, VES, or QTC, and let them know as well. And uh, get with your coach if, if you have one, and he or she would be able to point you in the right direction for that. Yeah, and um, it's very important that uh, you remember that for mental health, it's uh, uh, you need to focus on your current symptoms. Um, so if they're not letting you expound on that, um, you know, that needs to be reported like, like Zach said, and um, um, because they need to know every, every detail of your situation um, and your current symptoms. That's, that's the most important um, aspect of this. Uh, Rob Lewis, would it help uh, to provide a CMP examiner a letter from a spouse if they are not allowed to attend the exam. Um, so Rob, um, you you can um, provide that to them. They may or may not accept it, and that's fine. Um, as long as you uh, you offer it to them, um, you know, it, it's better to offer and, and them say no than, than not offer it, right? Um, now, if you have that included in your evidence on your claim, they may have access to that. Um, so they they may look at it and and take it as uh, as evidence um, while they're um, looking through your case. I uh, hope that that answered that question. It says, 
I have a CMP exam this Friday, but it's going to be virtual. What advice would you give me? Um, I would say one of the biggest drawbacks of a virtual CMP exam is, is essentially what you're looking at right now. You can only see from here to here. So a lot of the body language that you're putting forth isn't going to be seen. So very important for you to remain vocal about how you're feeling. And uh, if, if you're anxious, you know, say you're anxious. If, 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 if you feel like you're gonna need help in, in getting this stuff out, then let them know. You know, they don't, uh, again, they don't know what you don't tell them, but with the virtual CSP exam, very important that you are vocal in how you're feeling. Yeah, and I just wanted to add to that the the, the actual uh, physical reactions you're having. They they may not see that, right? They may not see your hands are full of sweat and you're, you know, you're just like twitching or, you know, tapping your leg. Those are things you want to kind of mention uh, throughout the exam because of how you're feeling, um, because all those are all good uh, notes that they can take on symptoms that you're having. <clears throat> So Stacy, I have my CMP exam or CMP on Friday, and the paperwork is not covering six items to include mental health. Do I bring up or request another appointment? Um, my first uh, analysis on this is a CMP um, is not for mental health. So if if that's the case, then you need to yes uh, get some of that documentation. Um, evidence for mental health and then submit for that so that you can get an appointment. Um, Zach, do you have anything on that? Yeah, I think you hit it right on the nose. Um, if the paperwork is not covering six items to include mental health, that, I mean, a CMP exam is, is supposed to be for one specific item like so if, if you're in there for ptsd you're in there for ptsd um so i would say if you have a coach get with them and then just let them know the situation and then they'll be able to walk you down the right path is sleep apnea hard to win compensation i think so yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's a pretty difficult one. Um, you know, one of the things outside of of a, a formal diagnosis and and a nexus letter for sleep apnea is is, is you know, one of the things that the VA looks for is you reporting it while you're at, you know while you were active duty. You know, mm -hmm. so you know very important for you to either you know maintain your your military medical records or find a way to get them. Uh, because the VA is is probably going to want to see that. Yeah, I have personal experience on that, Zach. Uh, denied last year because I didn't know what I was doing. Um, denied a month ago, had a solid nexus, um, and now it's in a higher level review. So um, it is a battle. It definitely is a battle unless you were diagnosed with it during service. Yeah, I'd... Um... I just got diagnosed with it and I actually got my CPAP yesterday. 
So it, it is something that I plan on filing for. So I, I think I'm going to be walking into something similar as you. Yeah. As long as you know that it's going to be, um, and all these could be a battle, right? I mean, as long as you stick with it and, and you know you deserve it and you have um, the, the ethically, medically, you know, all the reasons to get it, um, keep fighting. It's not over until you you quit. Mm -hmm. Javier, I was recently denied for PTSD. I was told by my coach to call the White House hotline and open a claim because we did not agree with the decision. The person that I spoke to looked through my claim and told me uh, to file HLR due to uh, clear and unmistakable evidence. What exactly does this mean? Um, so calling the White House hotline was great and having them said that, um, is, is a pretty good indication that they may have looked at, looked through that, um, and, and maybe found a, a mistake in the evidence, which is what the HLR will, um, will kind of touch on. Right. Um, so that HLR will go to a senior rater. Um, they'll look at your claim from start to finish um, to see if there were any mistakes and if there were um, what they were and then make a decision from there, favorable or, or non-favorable. So um, just keep keep up the fight. All right, guys. It's, it, uh, we are at the top of the hour. I know that there were some questions that uh, we didn't get to. Certainly apologize for that, but don't worry. Someone will come through the uh, the chat box there, and uh, someone will be in touch. Uh, but until that time, we certainly appreciate you guys joining us. Um, we appreciate you. Appreciate your service. Thank you for your service. And I hope that everyone has a great day. Yeah, thanks, everybody. Thanks, Zach. Thanks, Zach. I appreciate your time, man. You too.